Good evening, Austin Villa fans. Welcome to the Villa Forever podcast. I am your host, Chad Williams. First of all, before we get started, if you're new to this channel, please hit subscribe and you can follow me on all audio platforms as well. Also recently, the podcast joined TikTok. So please follow me on TikTok as well. This evening, I am joined by my special guest, Ryan McCowan, who is the website creator and co-host on the Up the Villa podcast. I'll be doing pretty much torture, Nottingham Forest versus Aston Villa. It's a Sunday afternoon kickoff, 2pm. Aston Villa make a short Premier League away trip to the East Midlands. Can Aston Villa make it six games unbeaten and on the back of 12 consecutive home wins? So first of all, Ryan, how are you doing? Yes, very well, Chad. Um, Honoured to get a call up on your channel. Um, very humbled when you dropped me a message and asked me to come on. Um, you've had some some great guests, and uh, yeah, I've loved uh, loved all your content that you've been putting out. So yeah, Thank happy you. to be here, mate. Well, you're actually the third guest I've had on for the for the podcast. I've had yourself on here, Luke, and Hannah as well. The only one going to get on here now is just Justin. But all of you are doing a great job. I'm a regular listener and watcher of your channel. Keep up the good work. Thanks a lot, mate. Um, yeah, I feel like it's, it's going from um, strength to strength lately. Um, we, we, we're deep diving a bit more tactically into stuff and, and looking at things a bit deeper. And I think we've all been inspired by Unai Emery. So that's coming out in, in the content. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great time to be a Villa fan and it's a great time to be talking about Villa for, for so long. It's, it's been doom and gloom or, or nervous energy or whatever. And now it's just pure excitement week in, week. Um, yeah, long may it continue. It's an unbelievable turnaround. I mean, to think now, you know, Emery now, because up to an anniversary in a year he's been in charge. I mean, he's done it miracles for this football club. Yeah, yeah, he has. And I think um, I think a lot of people have slept on it, really, especially the, the main, the mainstream media. Um, and I think they're all just waking up to it now. You know, you see, you see his record for this calendar year, and, it, and it's incredible. It's incredible. And we're up there with... Uh, Pep Guardiola and and Jurgen Klopp's and your Arteta's and Villa are, are right in that mix and we've got some great momentum and it's all been inspired by Unai and like all the players are on board. Everyone everyone's just fully behind the projects now. Uh, for for so many years we've we've talked about having this project that project. This is the project now, and it's in. Uh, well, I was going to say it's in full flow, but it's yeah. not. I, I, I think it's just beginning. So uh, yeah, it's certainly got a lot of momentum. Because Uno Embry is an absolute genius, and also I think he's probably the best Villa manager we've probably ever had. We're going to achieve something special. Yeah, I fully agree with you. He, he, it's the level of detail I think that he, um, that he goes into, and you know we've had some great managers in the past. We've had managers that have won cup competitions, but it, something does feel extra special at the minute with Udai. Um, the connection he made from the minute he walked in with the fans. He starts every interview mentioning the fans, so he got us on board straight away. You know there was there was times where. He implemented his style playing out from the back yeah. and there was a lot of nervous energy in Villa Park when we was doing it. Mistakes did happen early doors, but he's gained everybody's trust because he stuck with it 
and the results are paying off now. And and he's just got every Villa fans backing, hasn't I? So um, yeah, we're in, we're in a special place with with uh, King Unai at the minute. Because on average, you know, points Tony, they're probably getting about over two points per game. Probably more than that, to be fair. And that could get you Champions League football. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> again the stats that just keep churning out that you see online on on a daily basis. It's it's pinch yourself stuff, isn't it? It's uh, it's incredible the, the what he's done. Yes, yeah. Yeah, look at look at his first game, Chad. United at home, twenty-seven years we hadn't beaten beaten, and yeah. then Unai rocks up, mate, and we <laughs> smash him three-one. So he, he loves to break a record, doesn't he? He definitely does. I was at that game. Yeah, special special game. Well, before we get more into the talk show, Ryan, I'm using my platform to spread a man as a douche in the dish to fair. And also, over the last few weeks, I've been showing different stages of the progression of Dushian. This week, I'm doing stage five, ages 19 plus. And the information that you'll see is at the bottom of the screen. Please let's all spread awareness about Dushian Muskin Dishtrophy. It is a very cruel disease. I'm, just, I'm going to keep creating awareness. Thank you. So, first of all, Luke, um, Ryan, before we get more into the talk show, I'm going to talk about the Conference League game first against Isaac Altmar. That was a very impressive victory. What are your thoughts for the conference? Yes, pre-match, we were doing our match preview. I was confident. Um, I felt like um, we were due a performance to really announce ourselves on, on the European scene. Um, I wasn't expecting a 4-1 performance, but um, I did fancy us. Pre-match, um, AZ, although they, they had this excellent home yeah. form, um, I thought their style of play suited us. You know, for them to come out, be expansive, be, be a passing team, uh, wanting to play high up the field, I thought, you know what, that really, really plays into our hands. If we can get a grip of the game in midfield, then our counter would be deadly. And, and it really, really was that night. Um, again, Unai made changes. We, we've seen the two centre-halves come in, Longley and, and Carlos. Um, obviously, Bailey started, uh, Yuri Tillerman. So, these players that were coming in at the start of the season, it was all a bit disjointed. Um, players were still getting up to speed, learning to play with one another, uh, still trying to gain fitness. Yeah. But it sort of all, it all come together, didn't it, in... Um, in Holland, and we, we produced an outstanding performance, a, a devastating display of counter-attacking football. Um, it, it, it was just brilliant to watch, absolutely brilliant. And um, some of the goals we scored was was superb. And just um, watching on social media as well, all the yeah. fans going to the game and, and the tent and the, the Matty Cass song that seems to be um, sung throughout the whole 90 minutes of, of every away game at the minute in Europe, um, seeing all that build-up, seeing them all in the ground, and then for them fans to to witness a 4-1 win in Europe, watching the Villa, uh, must have been an absolute uh, incredible, incredible experience. So, uh, yeah, I feel like uh, Europe now, we are up and running, aren't we, Chad? Um, yeah. I feel like we're, we're, we're ready to, to attack the rest of this group and hopefully finish top of the group and go into that um, into that advanced knockout stage where you won't have to face one of the teams coming out of Europa and ultimately another playoff game. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, to the game on Thursday after after Forest. Because at Isaac Altmar, we demolished the best team in the group. I don't think we could go a long way in this competition. Yeah, I think that result 
my first emotion after the final whistle went was, you know what, this could happen. You know, we could go all the way. Um, we are we are so equipped to do so. Um, I think we've got the right balance in our squad at the minute. We still players like Moreno, who was on the who was on the training pitch this week, and the likes of Ramsey still to come back. Uh, whether we'll get a, a, a Buendia or a Mings back before the end of the season in the later knockout stages, who knows? But um, if we can stay injury free and, and, and carry on the momentum, yeah, we are you know, we're living up to the the favourite um, tag, aren't we? Um, so there will be a few more hurdles. Yeah, there'll be quite a few hurdles and it's going to be a long journey. It's a long tournament, isn't it? It's a, it's a long season when you're in European Cup competition, but this is what we're here for and, and, and I'm loving Thursday nights at the minute. Absolutely loving it. Well, we've got a lot of strength and depth in our squad. I mean, having Unai Emery, especially in, this comp- in that competition, I mean, he's won four Europa Leagues. Yes, he's, he, yeah, his pedigree in, in European football is incredible, isn't it, really? You don't, you don't hear many managers um, winning four, let alone one. That You know, I imagine if you if you pulled out a list of, of, of managers never to have won a European competition, I bet you there'd be some really, really good managers on that list. So for Unai to, to win that many, and um, I think it's like, is it like something like 16 seasons? He's... Yeah, competed in a European competition. So, you know, he he put that record on the line when he when he joined us, and what we were like in 16th place in November, and uh, so for him to 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 get us into seventh and and qualified for this tournament is still a miracle in itself. So, uh, for us, we just we just we just got to keep that momentum rolling. Because I thought it was a perfect performance. We were completely dominant that game. I really liked about what we did as well. We control control possession really well. Also, the main thing that impressed me in that game was how we won the ball back very quickly, which caused IZ a lot of problems of the counter attack. Yeah. Yeah, Uno is he's just a master, isn't he? He's just a master. Like the level of detail that he will go into, it would have been planned for us to to press harder in this in this game, not to let them settle and get into their game, into their rhythm. You know, you, you um, the opening couple of minutes, Martinez just put his foot on the ball, didn't he? And so I said, "Come and get it." And like the Isaiah players were like standing off, going, oh, "What do we do here? What do we do?" And they were like. It felt like it was going on for about five minutes, but, you know, it was only about a minute. But um, they're all looking and, and we're in their heads already, Chad. We're, we're in their minds. You know, they're already a bit disjointed now. And then we didn't let them settle. Like you say, we was on it. We looked so fit and, 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 and raring to go. And we, like you say, we were dominating that ball and 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 the counter-attacking was, was sublime. It was scintillating at times. So, um, yeah, it was, it was an excellent, excellent viewing, wasn't it? Because compared to the Legia Warsaw game, I think this game was a lot better. Because I liked what Abby controlled the game. And we've got the players to do it as well. Especially the squad we have. Yeah, 100%. I think we learnt a lot. I think we learnt a lot in that night in Poland. Um, we learnt that we 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 need to be at it in these games. We can't be half-hearted. That that team selection was was very disjointed that that night. It was it was the first time a lot of them players had started a game, and the, the court was cold. That their atmosphere was incredible. I spoke to a few people that was at that game and said they've never heard noise and intimidation like it. Uh, they put on a great display before the game, and in the end, I think. I think they just wanted it more and was more up for it that night. Um, you know, a lot of these clubs for for a Premier League team rocking up at their ground, it, it's as good as like a quarter final, semi final, final. In fact, for some for some of these teams, so you know, 
we've got a big reputation. You know, we've won the European Cup and, and we're rocking up at these places and teams want to have a go at us. You know, they, they are well up for it and, and we've got to match that. And I felt like the leisure game, we were, we were, we were slightly off it and, and we got punished. Um, and then the next game at home, again, it was a bit difficult and yeah. the nerves started to kick in a little bit. And I think that that John McGinn last minute winner has, has just set us um, set us on our way, I think. And what was, what was that like? It's great yes, performance. It, that was incredible. It was, yeah. So to, to get that to get that last minute winner and for Villa Park to erupt the way it did, um, you know, there's a, a lot to be said about the Conference League and oh, you know, it's the third rate mm-hmm. European Cup, com, <laughs> European Cup competition. But any Villa fan that was in that ground and seen that last minute winner go in, it was an incredible feeling. That the noise was electric and and. Um, it, it's really set us up now, and I felt like that momentum of that goal was finally off, wasn't it? In uh, in Altmar, because any any European competition, no matter what it is, it, it's still good just to experience it. Yeah, I think like, once we'd qualified at the after that Brighton game, um, we we was all watching West Ham, wasn't we, in, in in the cup final and seeing them score that last last late goal and Jared Bowen winning it and the celebrations and and the homecoming, you, you just want that for for Aston Villa, don't you? To go to the next question, on Roy, do you think Yuri Tielemans will play a crucial part? in our conference league campaign yes i do yeah it seems like um european football's made for him he looked very very comfortable on uh on thursday um his adaptation to this squad has been a bit labored he's he's, he's found it difficult to get in you know that double pivot is so well oiled it's it's a machine at the minute isn't it with louise and kamara so it's how we fit him into the team because he has got immense talent and where he started on Thursday, I don't think anyone's seen it coming. He was pretty much up top with with uh, Watkins. Um, I don't even know what what to call that position, like a, a false ten yeah, or something, uh, in so, between yeah. ten and a, ten and an eight. So, um, but he played superb, didn't he, Chad? He was like he's he was excellent. everywhere. Yeah, his energy, his control of the ball, his passing. Um, that was the Yuri Tillemans that we all thought we was getting in the summer. And um, it looks like Emery's doing a lot of work with him and, you know, he's, he's not throwing him in in the Premier League games just yet. I think there's a lot of work going on with him and, and he's he's still going to he's gonna have a big part to play in this uh, in this season. Well, I'm not a fan of Yuri Tillemans. He's an absolutely ideal player to have playing regularly in his competition. He's a Belgium international. He has international football experience. Also, another attribute to like is great ability on the ball and influences the pace of the game. I think we have, there's more to come from Tiedemans. He's showing his potential. Yeah, definitely. You, you look at what Emery's done to... Players like John McGinn. I remember thinking, where's John McGinn going to fit into this system when Emery first come in? But he coaches players, doesn't he, to, to, to be adaptable and play different positions and different roles. You see McGinn in, in that like uh, number 10 position alongside Ollie Watkins in pre-season. You see him in the double pivot. You see him popping up on the right wing, left wing. Matty Cash as well. You see him at fullback. You see him tucked in at centre-back. You see him on the right wing. Kamara. You'll see him in centre mid. You'll see him drop into a back three. So this flexibility with all players um, that Emery is coaching into them. Um, Yuri Tillemans is, is also capable of playing in multiple positions as well. And like we've seen on Thursday, he was in that like, number 10 role and we've seen him in the pivot and we've seen him on the left. So I think it's just about um, getting him settled and um, we will see the best of him. Because like you say, his, his, his talent is incredible and 50 caps for Belgium as well with, with their squad, you know, their sort of golden generation and, and it, he's like a focal point of it. So... Um, He's only 26 as well, isn't he, Chad? So, plenty in the yeah. tank. 
squad is, it really shows uh, how strong the squad is. You look at the options we have, I mean, even to be fair, off the bench, we have a lot of options. Well. Yeah, and that's with um, that's with a huge injury list. It's because we're flexible, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you, you look at players, it's not like, um, okay, the RB's out, we haven't got another striker to put on. Oh, Bailey can drop in there, McGinn can drop in there, somebody else, uh, Tillemans can drop in there. You know, we've got flexibility in all positions now. It's like the double pivot as well. If if Louise is out, okay, McGinn, Tillemans, you know, he even goes as far as Chambers. We've seen Chambers playing mm-hmm. there. So, so we are so flexible, and that makes your squad bigger without adding more personnel, just more flexibility. And um, who knows? Always prefer to work with like a smaller group. I think he calls it like a smaller family. Um, and you can see why because he has players that can do multiple roles and, and, and affect games differently for for all of his different tactical approaches. We're going to ask an exciting question, Ryan. Would winning the Conference League and qualifying for the Champions League be Aston Villa's perfect outcome at the end of the season? I'll tell you what, it'd be like winning the lottery, that would, wouldn't it? To, to, oh, win a European, to win a European competition and then obviously we'd have to what, finish in top five for champ, you know, potentially top five for Champions League. Um, and to see, you know, to, to be at Villa Park and hear that Champions League theme music blasting out. Can you speak out of dreams of Oh, mate, it would be incredible. But but why not? Why not dream? You know, for years and years, we've had false dawn after false dawn. Why not dream? You know, Unai has, has given us that belief and that faith to to. To believe anything is, is possible. Um, and you get on a run of momentum like we did last season. Look, we, we got into Europe and oh, yeah. incredible. So who who knows? You look you look at Newcastle last season, you know, that they finished the season before that quite strong, mm-hmm. similar to what we've done this season, and they carried on that momentum and they carried on that momentum through the through the season. Yeah, you, you get the odd hiccup and a, a couple of results that don't go go your way. They come to Villa Park, get smashed 3-0. But um they still regroup and, and they carry that momentum on. And you, you look at the likes of United who are, are, are all over the place, Chelsea are, who are trying to, I don't know what they're trying to do, just by the way, to buy themselves a new young squad. And, and you know, them two are, I, I see us in a much better place and a much stronger place this season for, for us to finish higher than them. So that's two big teams out the, out the equation. And, you know, we, we carry on that momentum and, and anything can happen, Chad. But that, speaking uh, to one of my friends, and he said that we were trying to have a podcast. And he said, Can we already in a European competition already? It would actually be a bigger achievement than what Newcastle achieved because we're playing extra games as well. Yeah, most definitely. If you've only got the, the, the league to concentrate on, you, you potentially go out the cup competitions earlier, then your whole focus is, is on that league. Similar to what we had last season, wasn't it? It was just after that disappointing result against Stevenage, you know, at the start of Jan. The rest of it was full focus on on the um, on the Premier League. So, yeah, we, we've got a different balancing act. So, yeah, yeah, you, you probably, you're probably correct in saying that uh, it would be a, a bigger achievement than Newcastle's last season. Also, Roy, how does uh, the top five work? We will find out about that. I think it's based on um, English performances this season. So normally it's built okay. up over a few seasons, your, your points. But I think it's based on how English teams do this season and how many uh, UEFA points they collect. So um, we, we probably want most uh, English teams to do well, include, including ourselves. Um, so I think that's how it opens up, opens up for the fifth place. Well, I mean, it's really exciting to be a Villa fan. Just shows what, what can happen. Yeah, anything under her and I. I'm not ruling anything out, Chad. Not ruling anything out. <laughs> but also, going back about the major trophy, 
Then I was talking, we won a trophy, but a big trophy. It was 1996 against Leeds in the League Cup final. I mean, I was ages born in 1996. So it'd be nice to achieve something then. Yes, most definitely, mate. I was 13 years old. I was at Wembley that day when we, when we won it. Uh, it's probably one of the one of the best days of my life. That was um, like all my favourite players had scored that day. Uh, wow. Savo, who, who couldn't like he couldn't hit the back of the net all season, and, and he just ripped that one into the into the top corner from distance. Um, Dwight York and Ian Taylor, like the hero that Ian Taylor is. So. It was an um, incredible experience. I, I, I sort of dragged the photos out every year on, the, on, my, on my Twitter Cute. page of, of me there and um, the old Wembley with the Twin Towers. So, um, although we've been to cup finals before, uh, again since, um, yeah, we've, 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 we've failed. We've, I've seen us lose FA Cup finals. I've seen us lose um, more League Cup finals. So, um, yeah, hopefully the next one we're in, Chad, um, we will be victorious. Yeah, the glory days. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I I only started my first season ticket was like ninety three, ninety four. So we, mm. we went, we had we beat Man United at Wembley that season to win the League Cup. Uh, then we beat Leeds at Wembley, and I was like, that this being a Villa fan's great. Like all these trips to Wembley, we were finishing high in the league, we'd win most home games, and then uh, yeah, and then uh, reality kicked back in after that, but. Uh, we're back on the we're back on the uh, the good momentum swing there. Can we need to cherish these moments? Can these moments don't last forever? Yeah, they don't. They don't. Football, it's, football can just turn like that, can't it? Any, anything can happen in this game. Um, so yeah, you just gotta like when when the times are good, just slow it down, enjoy every game. You know, don't you know, don't rush it. You know, savor it, and um, especially our home form at the minute. You know, we've won twelve on the bounce and just going down. That record the just keeps getting better and better. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And, and you think back to the ten games we won in a row um, in the championship uh, that, that propelled us into the playoff places. That. Just lives long in the memory. I sort of remember every single one of those games, incidents that happened during it, and and, and this one. Once the dust has settled and we're further down the season, we look back on it. It'll be like, wow, that was an incredible period going down the Villa. So um, I'm just grateful for Emery just to for turning Villa into a fortress at, at home because for so long you, you'd get teams that would rock up away and and have a real good away day. You know, coming to our grand traditional stadium and, and taking the points away and no longer no longer is it easy pickings at Villa Park so um, yeah grateful for Emery for that of a, a top five top four team just think if we win most of our home games that'll take us really high up the title Yeah, definitely, definitely. My, my dad always used to say to me, "Win your home games and draw away," and and that's your your two points average, isn't it, um, across the season? And and that's what we're doing at the minute. So, um, yeah, home forms, um, home form is uh, crucial, isn't it? When you when you're in the upper reaches of the of the Premier League, it's, you, you've got to turn your home your home ground into a fortress, and and you want teams rocking up, virtually already beaten in that tunnel, you know. How many times have you gone to Liverpool and, and Liverpool, uh, yeah, Liverpool and Man United, and, and you see the, the teams lining up in the tunnel and they look petrified, and it's like you've already you've already got a goal head start. So, um, and Villa Park, the atmosphere is like top notch at the minute. So it's, um, I'm guessing it's a bit of an intimidating place to come for the opposition. Yeah, we're going to talk a bit about uh, the Luton Town game. Uh, what are your thoughts from that game, Ryan? Ah, very professional, very professional. I thought we, we'd done what we needed to do. Um, it was a very steady performance and a very dominant performance. You know, we, we didn't really get out of second gear and did it need to, did we need to? Uh, probably not. But, you know, I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, we should have got six or seven, but look, this is the Premier League and every game is is a challenge and, um, it could have easily been six or seven, to be fair, with the, with the chances we missed anyway. So um, just because it wasn't full throttle 
for 90 minutes, it was still a very, very accomplished, dominant performance. And uh, for us Villa fans, if you would have asked for a type of performance like that at the start of last season, you would have snapped your hands off. doesn't matter what opposition it is um, to dominate a Premier League game and to be in complete control of a Premier League game, dictating it the, the way we want it to, to play out, then it's, it's, you know, you look at it like that and it's an outstanding result, to be honest, Chad. We completely dominated it. But once again, we got the job done. I think we're absolutely unstoppable at Villa Park. All we spoke about, about the fortress, and that will change fear us. And I like about us as well. We're very ruthless in front of goal. We won't settle for one now. We get we go and get another. Yeah, it's that, it's that old saying in football, isn't it? That the best form of defence is attack. Um, I also remember Dino coming in in the championship days and saying that. He said, you know, I'd rather not sit back on the 1-0 win. I'd rather go and get a second and a third. And the way we are, like, banging in goals at the minute, Chad, it, it, it's unreal. The levels we're getting to and, and the finish, you know, we're becoming ruthless, Chad. We're becoming ruthless and, it, and it's it's good to see. Um and you need to be, you need to be, you know, you look at the top of the table, right, where we are now, and you'll see the goal difference, and we're up there, we're up there, yeah. normally we're, we're lagging on the minuses or, or level, I think we're on about plus 12 at the minute, and, and that's including, like, shipping out goals to Newcastle and, and Liverpool, you take them two games out of it, and, and our goal difference right, rockets even more, um, so, yeah, it... it yeah, and it breeds confidence, doesn't it? You know, it's goals from all over the pitch. It's not just Watkins. It's not just coming from one source. The midfield strikers. as well. Defense. Midfield, yeah, yeah. Everybody's everybody's chipping in. You look at that that goal that Pau Torres scored out. How important could that be at the end of the season against Wolves? And you know, that's Crucial. that's a defender chipping in. Yeah, Cash. He's got three goals, hasn't he, this season? He's chipping in with assists as well. So it's it's coming from the you know. All over the pitch, which is which is pleasing, very very pleasing. Because you know, Emery would probably agree. It wasn't our best performance. I think the thing that Emery pretty much is to improve on. We do concede the young consolation goal. Not sure, you know, Emery though. They'll get us to improve on that. Yeah. Um, Emmy Martinez was fuming, wasn't he? Fuming. Oh, he it was, was such a yeah, it was such a fluke of a goal as well against Luton, but you could just see how much he wanted that clean sheet. And I'm sure uh, the rest of the defense as well. Um, you know, they they've been looking at their stats this season and there isn't a lot of clean sheets on there. Mm-hmm. So um I'm sure they were they were they were fully focused for one on, on Sunday and it's it's just a fluke of a goal and um uh, yeah. It will come Sunday, Chad. He'll get his clean sheet Sunday. Yes, it will. Because Eddie Martinez, I mean, he was very unfortunate with that own goal. Because he didn't go off his head. Yeah, it was similar to that one um, that went in against Arsenal, wasn't it, at home last season, where it sort of come off the crossbar and deflects off the keeper's head or back or back of the arm. It's it's one of them unlucky ones that you, you do see a, a quite frequently throughout the season but um yeah unfortunately for emily it's it's happened a couple of times now and um yep hopefully that's his bad luck gone for the season mate yeah you know emily though no matter what happens he's always looking to improve that's what i like about this manager yeah well take emmy for example when uno come in and you know we was going to pass it out the back and like he wasn't renowned for his passing ability. He's not like an Edison or someone like that. He's more of a in your hands and kick it out, isn't he? But um, he's evolved. You know, we're talking about the World Cup winning yeah. goalkeeper evolving to Emery's, um, Emery's standard and what he wants of him. And, you know, he, uh, Martinez has had to adapt his game and he has got a better goalkeeper. He has got a better goalkeeper under under Uno, you see him like his sweeper actions as well. Like he's off his line fast, and that's something you wouldn't have associated uh, Emmy with. He was sort of like a shot stopper. Um, he was mm-hmm. he, 
if I was being quite critical of him in, in the seasons before, he, he wouldn't come for balls, for crosses, and, and now you're seeing him pluck him out of the air. So for him as a keeper, he, he's improved and, um, yeah, he's, he's been absolutely incredible and he's, he's a, a big part of this squad. He's, he's a big, big personality. He's a, Obviously, he's a World Cup winner. He's had a brilliant week as well, picking up the, the, the goalkeeper Ballon d'Or award. So um, what, what a keeper to have in your ranks. Good little players we've got. I bet Eddie Martinez. I bet he wants Champions League football. Yes, you, you know he's going to be in that in that dressing room, and um, he will have his targets. We did a we did a podcast with Neil Cutler uh, after he left the Villa, yeah. and it was it was it was just based on on Emily and like. When he first came into Villa, Villa from Arsenal, he had, he had his list of targets. He wanted to get in the Argentina team. He wanted to win the Copa America. He wanted to make the World Cup squad. He wanted to win the World Cup. This was his list of targets. He had a, a, a clean sheet target. And like every target that Cutler mentioned, right, Emmy had smashed it. And, and I, I'd, I'd put my mortgage on it. The <laughs> top of his targets now is Champions League football with Aston Villa. Yes, 100%. So, I'll go to the next question now. I was really impressed with Moussa Diaby. Because I watched a podcast you did with Luke and Hanna about some of the player ratings. And you're going Moussa Diaby and I. So, I think he was the best, best player in that game. I think he was influential in the game showing his quality. I really enjoyed the goal he scored. Scored a wonderful goal. And his pace is electric. Yeah, he has added a new dimension to our attack, hasn't he? Um, I think what sort of goes under the radar with Moussa Diaby is like how well he's adapted to the Premier League. He's sort of coming to a new division, a, a tournament and a competition he's never played in before, a country he's never played in before. And, you know, he, he gets a goal on his debut and he hasn't looked back, has he? He's, he's just been incredible and, and he's just getting better and better. And I think um, West Ham, he, he, he was electric. And, you know, to, to, in that in that win, he was really pivotal. pivotal, <laughs> pivotal. And then... Um, yeah, and then Sunday again, he just he just stole the show. He was incredible. The way his movement, um, you, you're seeing a better understanding between Watkins and Diaby. You're seeing a partnership grow. Um, it's rare now that you see a front two. Normally, it's just a a, a lone striker. Um, but you know, we, we're going back to the old days of like a two up top. And but it's so expansive. It's it's electric. You know, the pace. Um, a lot of you say his goal, you know, we were just talking about that League Cup final. Ooh, it had yeah. shades of uh, it had shades of Ian Taylor's goal, didn't it, when he when he hit it on the uh, on the half volley. But it just shows the level of confidence that he's got to to, to smash that ball. He, he, unbelievably, he hadn't scored at Villa Park, had he before that? So uh, yeah. it felt like he it felt like he had he had, but um to do that in front of the whole end for your first goal at home uh, was incredible and um I'm excited to to see how it grows into the season as well because I, I think there's a, a lot more more to come and he and he's certainly inspired a, a certain Leon Bailey that you know they used to play together at Leverkusen and um, you see a lot more energy from Bailey when them two are together linking up so you know he's bringing out the best in other players and like last season we were so like heavily down the left side weren't we through Moreno and Ramsey and 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 the right side was you know it, it was all a bit imbalanced but bringing Diaby in and playing him in that position and like he's in he's in the zone he's in like the box area behind yeah. the field and in front of the in front of the defense which is so hard to pick up and the the way um the way his body shape is when he's receiving the ball it's he's facing goal so he's already got that momentum running towards goal and you know, with that pace and trickery and like just in, intelligence in that final third um, he's, he's just so exciting, isn't he, Chad? Well, I really like his uh, league with Watkins. They've got a fantastic partnership. 
Yeah, it's it's going to be uh, interesting to see what goal contributions total that that them two will make because um, you are seeing that link up now. Um, the balls going across, they're finding each other. Whereas before, they sort of it felt like at the start of the season they were sort of doing their own thing. You know, Watkins has either been a winger or, or a lone striker. He's never really played up front with somebody else. Diaby was a winger at Leverkusen, so he's adapting to a new position. So for the two of them, but we are starting to see little passes yeah. to each other, little head up looking for each other. Where's he going to be? You sort of see Watkins now anticipating where. Diaby's going to shoot and possible rebound to get on it. So this will just further develop and a relationship will grow more during the season. So um, it, it is an exciting partnership, to be honest. Yeah. It's pretty often been his best transfer in years. We have put a lot of money for him, but he's worth every penny. Yeah, you can see why we stuck at it because um, obviously the Saudi money was getting thrown at him as well during the summer, and um, it looked like he was gonna gonna go there, like like Leverkusen was gonna accept more money off them, and you know we wouldn't be able to match it. And I think at the time it started off about thirty eight, didn't it? And then he went up to forty odd, forty five, and we, I think we're going for fifty two in the end. And, and you can see why we stuck at it uh, mm -hmm. because. He is a key component to, to this new new Aston Villa. He's took us up another level. He's took us up tactically another level, and, and he's made us like our threat level in the final third um, much much higher. And, and it's not all on Watkins. Where at the end of last season he was sort of like leading that line on his own. He's he's, he's got a lot a lot more support, and it's it's um, it's a, a brilliant a brilliant transfer. And fifty two million. Looks like a snip, doesn't it? It looks like a looks like a bargain, to be honest, at the minute. Good when he runs a little bit. It reminds me a little bit of Tony Diner. Yeah, he's got that energy and seeing him the other day, I think it was the West Ham game, and just seeing him with a long sleeve shirt on. Um a bit like Ashley Young uh, yeah. at times as well. I've seen it, like the the, the uh, Mark one, Ashley Young when he, when uh, O'Neill signed him, like because um, he started off up front, didn't he, with uh, Carew? And it sort of just reminded me a bit like him, but uh, yeah, certainly, um, yeah, that's two good players to live up to, isn't it? Tony Daly and, and Ashley Young in his uh, in his attacking prime. So um, yeah, good company to have. Well, before we carry on, I just want to congratulate. Eddie Martinez winning the Yashin Trophy. We've got the best goalkeeper in the world. He absolutely deserves it. And it's a very proud moment for him and his family as well. Yeah, superb. It was it was a wholesome content, wasn't it? Seeing um seeing Emmy on stage with his dad the other day to, to collect his award and like for, for for Emmy, really, since he joined Villa, his, his career has just been on an upward trajectory. Um, for him to break into the Argentina squad and then like play a pivotal role in them winning the Copa America, you know, he instantly become uh Messi's best friend, didn't he? When he, he pulled off them penalty saves and he, he was getting into uh the Colombian players' heads and you know his personality is just shining through and he, he's dancing around after saving them penalties. He you know he, he was loved by by the Argentinian uh nation and you know again it, it it's carried on it snowballed into a World Cup and like he was brilliant in the World Cup wasn't he he made some big saves um big saves yeah but was the World Cup final yeah that last yeah yeah, and then, you know, the, the contributions he made like against Australia, I remember watching the Australian game, I think it was like the quarterfinals, and then he made like a last-minute save as well to stop it from going to extra time. The semi-finals, the penalty shootout against Holland, he's making saves there, he's dancing again, any chance. And then, obviously, the World Cup. On his personality. Yeah, yeah. And, it, it, and it, it's on the pitch for all to see, isn't it? And, you know, that... It, He's just incredible, isn't he? He's just incredible, and you know, you've seen it. You've seen his celebration um, 
we got a sneak taste of it, didn't we? At Old Trafford when he when uh, Bruno Fernandes smashed that ball over, and that's the first time we've seen him do his dancing, and he carried that onto the world stage. Um, but th that's what he's all about. That's his personality, and and that's the way he plays, and he doesn't change, does he? You know, I, I think what you see on the pitch is what you'll see off the pitch, and um, like he must just be a great guy to have in the dressing room. And I was saying on our podcast the other day, like, you know, the phrase mentality monster, you, you'd slap him yeah. right in, in, in that phrase. Cause um, he, he's, you know, from, from the minute he walked through the door, um, he's talking about getting us into Europe and stuff like that. So um, yeah, like I say, he'll be beating that Champions League drum all season. Won't he? If, we, if we've got a sniff of it, if we're in contention, then uh, he will be pushing us to, to, to aim for that. And, and, and um, I back him to I back him to the way he's um, the way he set his targets and accomplished them, um, you know, all the way to the World Cup final. And he's got a World Cup winners medal. You'd back him to achieve anything that he puts his uh, puts his heart into. Good on his time wasted as well. To use the dark arts of the game really well. Yeah, you'd you'd, you'd probably hate him if he's on the opposition, but. When he's in your corner and he's doing that, and uh, yeah, it's all part of the game, mate. It's all part of the tactics, isn't it? You know, look at look at that game against Hazard Altmar. Like he, he just continued to do it. Um, you know, he'd, he'd obviously been set that task by Unai to, to disrupt them, to unsettle them, to unsettle the crowd, to to, to get the crowd out of their flow of, of their songs and stuff like that, and focus on him. And and he takes all that booze, doesn't he? He doesn't let it affect him, and and he, he thrives off it. So. Um, you know, it's it's he's like you say, you, you'd hate him on the opposition, but you love him at Villa, absolutely love him. We're gonna go talk about the forest guy, Villa's trip to the East Midlands. So, what do you expect for the forest guy, Ryan? Um, again, um, we've been um building up all our content this week, um, on the channel. And we've done the match preview and the predicted lineup and our predicted lineup show now. Sort of like we, we do go deep on tactical. And before we used to just pick what team we thought would win the game. And now we sort of have a look at opponents' strengths and, and their weaknesses. And, and then we sort of pick our team. So Unai's had an effect on us all. Um, but looking at Forest, um, they have got some some good strengths. They they attack very well down the wings. They've got pace with Gibbs White and and Alanga. You know they've got good aerial presence. But looking at the weaknesses, they they, they give up a lot of possession. They um, they give up a lot of space on on the on on the width as well. You can get in behind them. Um, you can counter them very well. Um, the goals that conceded against Liverpool were, were all on the counter where. Liverpool sort of sucked them out and stole the ball, and and they were at sixes and sevens. So this season, I think they're having an okay season. Uh, they've had a, a right, right nasty run of away games. They've they've played the likes of United, Chelsea, Arsenal, City, uh, Liverpool, uh, and at home they are undefeated, and and they are on a good run at home. Um, but you, you look at their home uh, opposition and. You know, they let a two-goal lead slip against Luton. They, they drew with Burnley. Uh, they did get a win against Sheffield United and they drew with Brentford. So um, the home form could be better. But um, as for being undefeated, they're on a good run. And City Ground is a, is a fortress, to be fair. Their, their fans uh, are always well up for it. And um, so it will be a difficult game. But a game I feel that we can uh, take control of. I feel like we can uh, dominate and, and I feel like we can play the game as we want it to be played. Um, and again, I'm, I'm, I quite fancy us with our counter-attacking football as well because sort of Forrest are like, um, they're trying to transition a bit from five at the back to four at the back and try yeah. and get a bit of a more foothold in games and... Um, I feel like we can uh, we can disrupt that uh, that learning process, that growing process. I feel like we can uh, we can really uh, teach them a lesson, so to say, um, uh, in our in our football and, and our play. And I think we've got so much uh, armor in our in our ability to control a game. We can either control it, we can pass it around, we can retain possession, we can build slowly towards the front, or bang, we can we can snap and just absolutely devastating counter-attacks it's uh the mix-up and variation to our play 
just fills me with so much confidence. You know, last season I was I was dreading going to the, the city ground and the form yeah. we was in. I thought oh, I would get turned over here, but but now I, I'm I'm filled with so much confidence and and our ability to to dominate and play a game. So very much looking forward to the game on a Sunday, Chad. Well, it's like it's like me and Walker, but because the city ground, it's a hostile place for for a way up position, but I think we can really hurt them. On the break, and we need to keep being patient in possession. Eventually, we'll find a breakthrough. Also, despite having an incredible home record, I think Unai Emery wants us to improve on our away form. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Um, like you say, you, you, you've got to pick up points away from home to to maintain that um, to maintain that league position. And um, yeah, I think I think it's coming. I think um, you know we've had a couple of slip ups early doors. Um, obviously, the, the the opening game of the season was a was a nightmare. And you know you you look back on that now, and it was very unsettling losing Brendia before on the eve of that game. Obviously, losing Mings. Liverpool, we were still a bit unsettled there. Someone, someone went off early injured there as well, didn't they? Uh, didn't they? So, um, obviously, Wolves was a tough game, but they are they are very good at home, Wolves. So, uh, but then we, we, we've gone to Chelsea and got results and, and dominated there. So, I think it's coming. I think it's evolving into where we rock up at, at, at teams and, and sort of put in, in, like, put our game to them, you know, um, impose ourselves on them and I expect us to do that against um I expect us to do that against um Nottingham Forest as well. What is your thoughts on Steve Cooper? Um I've always liked him. I've always liked him. I thought he's a he's a decent coach. Um at the minute there's a lot of like Cooper in, Cooper out talk at Forest. Um and as Villa fans we know a lot of Taking sides, don't we? We, you know, Dino in, Dino out, Gerard in, Gerard out, Mings in, Mings out. So we've always had that sort of debate that we haven't had for a long time. But I think Forrest are going through that at the minute. And for me, um, for me, I think he's a good coach and he, he coaches players well. You know, they had about 10,000 players last season, didn't they? And they're, you know, they're just getting everyone through the door. So to manage to galvanize that squad, um, you know, it was like, Signing after signing after signing, so to get a team together and and get them playing for that cause and to get them to stay in the Premier League, it's an unbelievable achievement. As as the season before when he took over and got them promoted again, another unbelievable achievement. And he's trying to transition now. They've lost Brennan Johnson, who was key to how they played on on the counter, and um, so I feel he deserves time. Um, football's crazy though, isn't it? And they'd be looking at somebody else. But it's, it's for me, it's it's like he's the right man at the minute. And don't try and run before you can walk in this league because, like, the second season is always the toughest. And um, look at Dino, like, Dino kept us up by the skin of his teeth. And then, and, and then the second season, we were brilliant, weren't we? When Grealish and Barkley and that, like, were on fire, and Watkins had joined and Cash had joined. Um, we had a real good season, and um, unfortunately for Smith, it didn't carry on after that. But for, for the here and now, for Steve Cooper, I think yeah, he's a very he's a very good coach. Because Steve Cooper reminds me a little bit of Dean Smith. Got very similar circumstances from when we got promoted in the Premier League. The Forest achieved that two seasons ago. But I know, like, I think last season, I think, Forrest were going through a bad patch. But fair play to Steve Cooper. He turned it around and avoided getting sacked. Yeah, there was a, there was a lot of talk uh, before we played him last season, wasn't there? That he, he, he was possibly going to get the sack and then they give him a new contract. Um, I think it was the day before the game. Um, so that sort of galvanised them, and they got a point against us, and it sort of like uh, kickstarted their season, really. Um, but yeah, like, to, like for that amount of turnaround of players, and to 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 galvanise a squad, and to to get them all on the same 
pies for Nottingham Forest yeah. um, was just a huge achievement. And, you know, he he, um, he won the, was it the under-19s he won or the under-17s he won for Something England like that, as well? Yeah, yeah with, a, with the likes of, uh, I'm sure it was the likes of Foden and Gibbs White and all the, all them lads. And, and, and they all speak highly of him and, you know... Um, Without Steve Cooper, that they'd, they'd still be in the championship, wouldn't they? So for, for what he's done, I think he's got plenty of credit left in the bank. Um, and yeah, uh, patience, patience is key. That would be that would be my advice to uh, the Nottingham Forest fans. That would be because oh, no, that's a good Forest. Because I mean, obviously Nottingham Forest, they should be a Premier League club. Because they won the European Cup twice with history and tradition. That club. Oh yeah, massively. Yeah, uh, for me growing up as well, um, you know the, the era as the, as the Premier League started, uh, there were a top team in it. There was a top team in it. You had the likes of Collie Moore and and I don't know Brian Roy, Steve Stone. They, they had like good players like Crosley and Goal. There were there was um, there was a mainstay in the Premier League. There was a mainstay in the Football League before that. There was a big club, and like you say, they've they've won. Um, the European Cup twice, do you know what I mean? The likes of City's only just won it, Chelsea's won it a couple of times. Um, you know, for them to win it twice is, is incredible tradition. And they've they've got a traditional ground, they've got a good fan base. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah, most definitely. It's it's good that these teams are, are in the Premier League. I, I look at others down in the championship, like you know, Leeds and Sheffield Wednesday, big traditional clubs with big fan bases and, you know, them sort of teams, um, you know, should be should be in, in, the, in the top division. They should be run better and and, um, and in these leagues, to be fair, mate. Well, before I carry on, I'll just go have a drink. Yeah, mate, I'm just going to put my charger in because I'm on about 15%, mm-hmm. so two secs. <laughs> Well, I'm going to the last question now. Uh, what do you expect for the team lineup against Forest? Well, if 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 there's any up the Villa podcast viewers watching, um, that you, you'll be watching our uh, predicted lineup show. We had a bit of a a split, Chad. We had a bit of a split. Oh, me and Luke had picked one team and we'd agreed on our team and Hannah and Justin had, had picked a different team. So we sort of had like a Ryan and Luke versus Hannah and Justin this week. And mine and Luke's thinking was that we'd, we'd go to a back three. I, I see Carlos coming in and um, having a back three and building from that back three. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, Luca Dean and Luca Dean and Cash then providing the width you know, where we said we looked at um, a lot of the areas where Forrest gave up high uh, percentages of, of, of possession and it was both both wings. So our thinking there was like Cash and Luca Dean in there. That allows Kamara then and Louise to be in the middle against their front three and to have uh, Watkins and, and Diaby up top again um, with Cash like, like on the right wing more so than the right back. So Carlos would be right back. Um, Hannah and Justin were slightly different. They sort of kept the same team as as Saturday, but swapped uh, Zaniolo. For yeah, I was Bailey. thinking more of that. I think. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Bailey, uh, he deserves a start. I think uh, he deserves a start. He's he's, he's been he's making an impact in Europe. Uh, his impact off the bench in the last few games have been incredible. He's he's. Full of confidence that you know the goal against West Ham, the way he took that and turned and shimmied and blasted it in the top top corner, the 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 pullback he did for Diaby, you know, flying high, trying to win headers in in the penalty area. I've, I've never seen Leon Bailey do that before. So uh, um, his form is certainly um, certainly calling for a start. Uh, but for me personally, I, I feel like like the Wolves game where we sort of went to a back three. Um, 
with Conzo at right back, really, and, and, and Luca Dean going forward on the left and yeah. Cash Moore as a, a, a right winger. Um, I personally think we might go that way for this game and, and, and still use Bailey as, a, as an impact sub if things aren't going quite right. Or in our case, it's like been, we have been going one and up and we're bringing on the likes of Bailey and Tillemans and we're getting more attacking as the subs come on. And, and we, like you say, we're, we're finishing games off two, three, four goals to the good. So um, I, I personally think it will start off a bit more compact, a bit more structured. Get into get into Forest and then expand that uh, attacking attacking outlets as the game goes on. As long as we keep the winning formula, just just keep it going. Yeah, and and you know um, we will be fully prepared, and I've no doubt in my mind now that um, we're going to each game full of detail. We know everything about our opponents, and, and we've got a plan to win it. You know. Um, the game against Luton could have so easily have been a banana skin and, and it has probably been like them type of games have been banana skins for Aston Villa Football Club and my mentality for the first time ever had changed on Sunday where I wasn't thinking, you know what, this could be a banana skin. That, that, that's been eradicated from my memory and I've been scarred a lot by Villa Chad. You know, I've seen some <laughs> bad results and some bad performances and been, been let down so many times but... Like I went to Villa Park just full of confidence, knowing that we've got a detailed plan on that. On how yeah, to honestly, win, the ticket holder. Football match. Oh yeah, where'd you sit, Chad? At Trinity Road. So you know okay, the tunnel that's... is. Yeah. I was sitting like above the tunnel, slightly to the left of it. Okay, because um, Justin, 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 and Hannah are both there. I, I think Justin's just to the right of the tunnel, so I don't think you're too okay, far away from him. You know. And I, and I know so, that uh, Han, Hannah's in the Trinity Road as well. And also, Roy, while you're here, can you give me a score prediction for Sunday? Yes. I'm going to go with a uh, clean sheet for Emily. And let's say, uh, let's say, because we've been talking about this uh, duo up front, let's go a goal for Watkins and a goal for, for Diaby. Let's go a 2 0 Villa. Yeah, I'm going to go with that as well. I think we'll keep it clean sheet. Great minds, Chad. Great minds. Uh, and also, right, I know you know a lot of the work that I'm doing on the podcast. But could you keep spreading the word about it? 100%, mate. Um, I think what you do is amazing. Um, for you, you, you know, you're an inspiration, to be honest, Chad. For, for, you know, it, with the condition. Oh, yeah, with, with your condition and, you, and you're just doing you, you, you're being you. And it's not easy to to, to put yourself out there and create content. Um, it, it, it's difficult and it takes a lot of courage. And, you know, to be honest, mate, I, I, like, I've been doing this for years with Luke and, and Justin and Hannah, and they're, and they're my friends. But I, yeah. I still get like nervous and uh, anxiety coming on and talking about Villa on camera. And so for you to set this podcast up and do it all and the guests that you, you've pulled in is terrific and you've got an amazing channel, Chad. So you should be immensely proud. And, and for me, you're an inspiration. So 100%, I will spread the word, mate. And, and oh, we'll, I really appreciate we'll you, that. Well, well, to finish this episode off, let's have a look at some of your live comments. Okay, this is my Uncle John, John Bevins. I like Bailey coming on as a superstar. Also, his work right, getting back has really improved. Yeah, there was one. There, was it uh, AZ Outmar? I think it was when Cash went forward and then like Bailey had got back into That's the it. right back position and you've seen him looking looking across the line, like, flipping, like trying to hold the offside flag. So that was unbelievable to see. And, and like we just mentioned there, and it where he, he, he got up to win that header for... For uh, for Diaby to score his goal, so he's thrown himself around, and yeah, he's fully committed. I think I think the penny's dropped for Bailey, hasn't it? That you know, yeah. this is this is a big opportunity for him, and you know, he, he can be part of it. And um, yeah, long may it continue with Bailey. Then we've got Seamus Mack, Tillemans, has real quality. Just started to come into his own at Villa. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think we've got plenty more to see of uh, Tillemans over the next coming months. I'm sure Mr. Mark said, big up, Chad. Love the podcast. Just a good party's comments. We go down a bit. Go down a bit. Yeah, that one. What party, Kelly? Good to see you guys. Thought you're doing good, Chad. Love to listen to Ryan speaking about the podcast. Nice one. Nice one, Paddock. Uncle John Blevins, yes, congratulations to end the Yashin Trophy. Well, yeah, thank you all for your great comments. I really appreciate the support. Right, I think we're over an hour into this episode. I think that'll do it for this episode. Thank you everyone for watching. If you enjoy this podcast, please give it a like. Share and subscribe to my channel. Remember to get your post notifications turned on. Also, let me know your thoughts in the comment section below. Thank you so much, Ryan, for your time. Mate, it's been thoroughly enjoyable. I can't believe it's been over an hour. It feels like about 10 minutes. It's been that it's been that fun, mate. So um, yeah, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Well, the last thing that he's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa, mate.